What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. It's the crippled version of Blaine Spencer, one-armed version of Blaine Spencer. I've got a healthy Joe Ciccoletti alongside me. Uh, Joe, how you doing? Interesting day of football with some free agency kind of legally getting it under wraps with the with Wednesday officially starting the new league year. Busy day. Got off on the wrong foot. Daylight savings hit the best of me today. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> they um, hit me too. I'm not uh, gonna lie. Woke up like an hour later than I should have. I'm like, oh, nah, here we go. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, interesting day in free agency it was the first day of the uh, legal tampering and uh, free agent market. Falcons, my Falcons did really well today. I was uh, a pretty day. Uh, big winners for them. Big winners were Chicago Bears getting some good names out there. Um, and even the Chiefs picking up a, a tackle to replace Orlando Brown for right now. Um, yeah, a couple little moves. A lot of defensive linemen got paid. A lot of offensive linemen got paid. And uh, got a lot of linebackers as well got paid. But uh, the skill positions didn't – I I don't think a single wide receiver that I know of signed. And uh, only like one or two running backs signed, but no big names, uh, at least after day one. But It'll be an interesting day two, day three as it as it moves forward with Wednesday four o'clock when all the contracts and gets get signed. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm doing good. Um, I was hoping to play some golf on Saturday, but uh, we got a little snow coming in and they canceled our golf outing. So, uh, so yeah, don't think that's going to be happening now. So, uh, yeah, not too much going on, man. Not too much. Man, I was supposed to fly fish this weekend. Can't really do that if you're if you can't get the cast wet. So, and then a bunch of my buddies were like, "Yeah, let's go golf." All of my work buddies were like, "You golfing this weekend?" I was like, "Can you remember? Like, I got this thing now." They're like, "All right, all right. Two weeks after you get it off, I get reevaluated you know two weeks." You know that one? Yeah, the touch. I'll be I'll freaking be on my ass after one attempt. Then I'll be like, all right, you give me the alcohol. I'll be the designated driver of the golf court. <laughs> there you go. I actually went to Top Golf this weekend, um, and I was there, and I was uh, when I way was too expensive for me. I feel like you have to make it a full event. Like you got to get food. Like you know, you have to. You're gonna drop some bread if you're doing a Top Golf outing. Of course, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, no, it was a it was a good time. I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Top Golf. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I like it just feels like a driving range to me and it, that I I know that's what it is but like for me if a I glorified the, driving range yeah like if I go to the driving range I'm trying to work on stuff like I don't know that's how I feel about it but uh yeah it's pretty cool like the technology they got so like keeps up with your ball speed and your club head speed so it's pretty dope like that so all right, all right, all right. not too shabby not too shabby I do gotta say one thing I'm from last week after we were doing our lovely game that we're going to play again right after this. I got one thing right, and it's all I care about. The Seahawks cut Shelby Harris. I am now officially the GM of the Seattle Seahawks. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. That is a good one. I got the oh, that was the one thing I got right from today. <laughs> from That's last fair. I actually I, I was also right because I said they the Rams needed to figure out what they were doing with Jalen Ramsey. Maybe yeah, but then got traded. No, we're gurus. We can run. We can totally run an NFL team. Yeah, we're gonna hit the next division uh, that hits home, especially here where I'm at um, with the NFC East this week. I'm gonna be taking the uh, New York Giants and Philadelphia Eagles. Go Barbs and uh, Blaine. You uh, will be taking your. New favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys, and the I knew that was why you gave me the Cowboys because <laughs> of Marcus, literally because of Marcus. Washington Commanders. So um, I figured it was a good, uh, good choice for both of us, um, especially me. Uh, pretty close ties here with Philadelphia area, and then uh, you know I keep up with the Giants pretty often. I'm not going to lie to you, Giants probably my second or third favorite team. So. Um, yeah, so we'll get we'll get right into it. So we'll let you start first with your favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, good lord! This was honestly not that difficult because the Cowboys have a lot of unrestricted free agents. Like it's ridiculous how like their free agency stuff is going through it. Like Tony Pollard, unrestricted free agent, pay that man. You probably let Zeke walk. Well, they, they um, maybe- franchise tagged him. I know they tagged Pollard, but you re- you're, yeah. you're going to pay him. You got to pay Pollard. 
Um, I would pay. I would. I would pay him. You, okay. You're gonna you're gonna let Zeke go, right? Um, next thing would be to get Schultz in there, resign Dalton Schultz. Um, he's also unrestricted. So those are a couple of the big ones. Oh, Vanderesh, bring him back. I think he's a stud linebacker. People really sleep on him under the radar. The neck pad. Yeah, dude, I love that. Honestly, so old school. <laughs> it's all about intimidation in the NFL. Exactly. Little Giants. A long thing is the Little Giants scene where they have like the <laughs> give it the, the glasses. The he glasses. He's got the stuff coming out of his mouth. Whatever they yeah. popped beforehand. Yep. You see, intimidation. <laughs> <laughs> um, they probably bring back Cooper Rush, I think. But the biggest thing is that you they need to go get a wide receiver. Go get a wide receiver too. Um, behind uh, CD Lamb, compliment him. Um, I wouldn't – Noah Brown and T.Y. Hilton didn't really impress me enough. you probably end up bringing one of them back. I would probably lean towards Brown over Hilton. Um, but then you got to get yourself a wide receiver. I think Odell, he looked all right in his workout. I mean, there's nothing really you can really guess off of a workout because of – it was him on a – just him on a field running some routes. But looked like he has that burst coming back slowly but surely, like – I don't think he's going to be a significant cap hit because he knows his value is completely diminished in the last year, year and a half or so since the injury. Um, well, now I'm it's what sure he's asking for twenty million a year. You're kidding. Yeah, it's all. Like- all right, never mind. You let Odell go. You throw him ten. You call it a ten. Um, but then the biggest thing would be, I mean. The wide receiver class is okay coming out. Like, I don't know if you go wide receiver the first round, but definitely look at somebody in the second for sure. I mean, like, maybe look at some of these these wide receivers that are, like, are available. I mean, Darius Slayton, DJ Chark, Aguilar, those really aren't true number twos, right? Yeah, the wide receiver free agent market is pretty bad this year. It's rough. But if running back position, maybe throw throw a bone at Kareem Hunt. See what that's not a bad compliment to to Pollard. Similar to Zeke, but you know Kareem understands that with his days in Cleveland as well as with Kansas City that he can do a little bit of it all. You don't have to change the offense like how you would with Zeke because he's not much of a back out of the in the receiving end. Or maybe a Jarek McKinnon if he doesn't go back to San- to Kansas City. I'd be stunned if he doesn't go back to Kansas City. Those are a couple of things that I will look at there. And then after that, it kind of falls down to your quarterback. Does Dak Prescott really show up and show out and make your team better? He didn't do that this past season, even though they made the postseason. Like You really got to do a deep dive into your quarterback. You really do. I mean, if you bring Cooper Rush back, you pretty much signify that um, he's your number one option moving forward. But you got to at least explore the op- explore the option. So, explore the option for what? Moving on of Dak. But t- after this year, you got to think about it. If he struggles again this year, you got to really think about it. You really do, man. Like he. The money he's getting paid is to be a force multiplier, and he was more of the reason they were losing games, not because they were winning games. I uh, See, I disagree there. I, I believe they won a lot of games because of Dak Prescott. I also feel like sometimes the offense isn't tailored 100% to his um, strengths okay. versus his weaknesses. Um I know we give him crap, but he is still a top five quarterback in the NFC. Right. That's fair. So you got to give the man credit when credit's due, but I wouldn't say I'm out on Dak Prescott yet. And I wouldn't even have a, there's, there's, there's no competition. Like who, who are you going to bring in to make competition for Dak Prescott right now? I mean, that's why I said after this year. It wouldn't be this year, probably, that you explore that veteran route. I, I know if you bring if you bring back Rush, you're pretty much saying that he's your that Dak's your guy. 
But um, maybe is you your guy. you're paying him forty million dollars. Dak is your guy. Well, <laughs> like yeah, it's, but it's like he is your guy. You're not. You bring back. I maybe say Jameis come in. I mean, he's still a downgrade from Dak Prescott, but that raises eyebrows. I don't think you're raising any eyebrows. Like I think because like Dak did miss time last year, like for with an injury, and he's been injury prone in his career. Right. So like okay. if you bring in Jameis, that's fine. You're just bringing in a good quality backup to to uh, Dak Prescott. Okay. But I think Cooper Rush did fine filling in for him. But I I wouldn't say. I I think they would get rid of the coaching staff before they even touch Dak Prescott. Fair. That's what I'm saying. Okay. But then if you're thinking draft-wise, I mean, what? They're, they've got nine picks, right? So I think you go cornerback. I like that Banks out of Maryland. He'll be around there in that range. Make that move. I really like his ball skills. He's one of the better ball skills corners in this draft. And that's what the biggest thing that Cowboys like are some – basically some people that can go get the ball and not bat it out of the air, basically like digs, like digging with Trayvon on the other side, like go get it. Um, then go, I think you take, get some, I like Voorhees maybe in round two from USC interior offensive lineman. That's not a bad move there. And then if you can snag this one, Jordan Battle, the safety from Alabama, he's got a third or a fourth round grade. I think he's better than that on tape. That's not a bad move if you can get him in round three with round and with your third round pick. Makes sense. I think battle, he's more, he's not a, he's more of a like play the run type of, he's like strong safety, like get down into the box. But I think they like that. Like, I think the Cowboys need some, a little bit more physicality and in, in on the back end, a little bit too much finesse. So I think if you go banks first, get some, Ball skills there in the secondary. Then you go offensive line, and you get battle on the back end. I think those are some three good options there for the boys. Fair. Um, we're going to have to shut down your Jameis Winston take right now because Jameis Winston just signed with the Saints. Yeah. <laughs> well, not going to be the Cowboys GM. Jerry just fired my ass. So. There you go. You got that damn right. Um, all what right, do you think? I think that's fair, right? Those are yeah. fair, fair moves. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I mean, I, I completely disagree on the Dak take, but I mean, that's, that's how you feel. That's how you feel. I, I mean, I also had to wear his uniform, so like, there's a little bit of like cringe coming through my body when I talk about the Cowboys. Sure, sure. As my, as my closet team, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not closet anymore. You caught, you came out already at that point. So, all right. Uh, all right, I'm gonna start with. I'll start with the Giants first. All right. What do you got for the G-Men? G-Men, they, uh, this draft, they got the 25th pick. Um, they actually have 11 picks overall in this draft, so good chunk of players here. Yeah. Um, I think after the Daniel Jones um, franchise tag, or no, excuse me, the signing and the Barkley franchise tag, they're roughly around 20-ish, 25 mil um, left in cap. Um so there's that. But, yeah, like I said, they signed Daniel Jones, so they got a quarterback for the future in their eyes, I guess. I mean, if I'm the GM, wouldn't it be Daniel Jones? But, I mean, hey, that's their choice. Um, Tag Barkley. Two years anyway. It's not great. Um, Yeah, Tag Barkley, I think you I think you got to try to find a way to sign that man full time. Uh, He is a – he's one of the best running backs in the league. Explosiveness, especially with this offensive line, getting better. Each year, uh, Barkley can only improve behind that, I think. Uh, they did lose a lot of wide receivers in free agency this year, so they definitely need – I mean, they definitely need a wide receiver one. I mean, that was last year, even the year before, and the year before that, like, they needed a wide receiver one. But they also need to now work on wide receiver two and wide receiver three. They lost Shepard. I mean, Shepard was injured halfway through the year, but they lost him. They lost uh, Darius Slayton, and they lost Richie James. So that's already three. Big names for the uh, Giants con- contributor over the uh, regular season and playoffs. So definitely have to sign something there. Uh, biggest needs for them is 
interior offensive line. They got beat up last year. Uh, they definitely need to fill some of them roles, maybe be the younger or in free agency. Uh, like I said, wide receiver one. I mean, they don't have anybody. Like, it's really, really bad. Uh, they got to get a wide receiver one. Linebacker and cornerback. Uh, before we came on, though, they did just sign a linebacker. It is the dude from the Colts. Yeah, uh, is it Okur? I don't know how to say it. Okur? Okariki? Yeah, Okariki. Yes, that's who it is. So they just signed him. He was a really, really good linebacker, good young linebacker, got him on a good deal. So they uh, they got a, they filled that, at least the interior role for that. Um, definitely still need outside linebackers. They, they were awful against a run last year. They were like 25th in the league, I think, against the run. So they definitely need to fill them roles up, but yeah, like I said, interior offensive line, wide receiver one, cornerback. I think free agency-wise, besides the move they made, I think if they can go maybe sign another tight end on top of Bellinger. They run a lot of two two tight end sets. Um, with that being said, Bellinger kind of did show signs of life as a rookie last year. But I think if they go get like a bigger name tight end, um, I know you said Schultz, you know, going back to Dallas, but like a Schultz or um I just think Schultz would be like a really good fit with the Giants, you know, give him yeah. another option, like a passing tight end option, as well as another blocking. They're able to run them two tight end sets and then only have to push out two wide receivers at that point. I think that would be really, really good for them. And then I would I say like also, like, also some like safety help. I think if they were able to get like a, a Dean from uh, from Tampa Bay, I don't know if he resigned or not before we he came went out. back to the he went back to the Bucks. Damn. Damn. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I thought he would have been a really good signing for them. Um, in terms of that as well, but yeah, overall the Giants with the 25th uh, pick, I would try to go, you know, interior offensive line to start, you know, maybe the kid from Florida, or if you want to get risky and take that wide receiver one, like a Jackson Najigba or a uh, Quentin Johnson, whatever you feel like, you know, if that's what you want to do, I think that would also be a good move for them as well. Yeah. I, I just think they, uh, they're, they're, their team is built. They're starting to get built. You know, they're they're working their way up. They're able to build. Um, their trenches are pretty good, except the interior offensive line. But they now just need to keep working their way out. You know, they got a they got a great running back. You got a quarterback, so you just got to keep moving forward with that. No, I think that's a smart decision. I think their biggest thing is some secondary depth, especially on the side, on the where they have. Gosh, who plays alongside Love in the back end? I can't think of his name right now. Landon Collins has gotten up there in age at this point, and he's he's the one I'm thinking of because he was the former guy from Washington. Mm-hmm. I think you need more of a physical presence down there, like you said. Like Collins pretty much played linebacker the second half of the year because they couldn't stop the run. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were awful against Raw. I mean, yeah. it's definitely something. That's why I said outside linebackers was something big that they need to do. No, I like it. And so we'll see what they do with it. I mean, they got 11 picks, so they got plenty of picks to do it. All right, all right, my commanders. <laughs> the real question is, what don't we need? Um, <laughs> and I would probably have to argue, probably just running back and wide running back. That's, that'd be it. Nah, your wide receivers are fine. Oh, we got some. Nah, you're right. I got your running back and wide receiver. Okay. Your defensive line is fine. No, okay, especially after getting pain off the franchise tag. Love that move. We were talking about that before we kind of got started. Love that move. Um, the biggest thing for us is, I mean, please just go, just go pay Lamar. I'm, I'm begging you. <laughs> go, beg, go pay Lamar. Solve our, a lot of our problems. But if we're not going the Lamar route, we got to probably go with a veteran QB to compete against Sam Howell, the quarterback market with now with uh, Jameis off the board, Jimmy's off the board. Maybe you look at an Andy Dalton or a Jacoby Brissett type deal. Maybe bring back Heineke. I would like to bring back Heineke, but I feel like if you bring back Heineke, you're almost saying to him that you don't know, like that he's that bridge gap because now we've given him two shots in a row and he's been benched both times afterwards. So I don't know if Heineke wants to fall back into that situation again of having to try and win the job for like the third year in a row. But I think a Brissette or a Dalton's not a bad idea. 
I'd probably lean Jacoby Brissett. I actually like Brissett better more than most most people do. I agree. And I think he he played really good football for that. And that Cleveland team was just bad. Like that's a that was a bad Cleveland team last year. Um, then you go back to offensive line. Um, I love the Wiley signing. That's a really good move, especially after losing Brandon Sheriff the year before last year. I know he, Wiley's more of a tackle than a guard, but we really needed a household name to really run that uh, offensive line. So like that move a lot. Um, probably look at that in the in the draft as well. I mean, most of those linemen will probably be if you go first round, but I think those top three guys will probably be gone, like Skoronoski, Johnson, and Jones. But if you feel like 16 is maybe too high, if trade you fall back a little bit, you maybe get a Darnell right out of Tennessee in the second round, potentially even a somebody going um, first, man. Yeah, or Osiris Torrance. He's a little bit more raw out of Florida, the guard, but he's never a bad option either there. Mm-hmm. Um, and this cornerback is a deep class. So if I don't think if their um, offensive line's the way to go, I mean, we made some moves picking up Dantzler off of waivers from Minnesota, as well as um, who we – I can't remember who we brought back. We brought one of our guys back. Oh, it's going to bother me now. For um, what position? I'm sorry. Corner. I'm thinking corner. We re-signed one of our guys. Uh, that I don't know. Oh, I can't tell. We also brought in Nick Gates from New York, one of their starting guards. Okay. Um, so that's not a bad move. Danny Johnson. I didn't like Danny Johnson, but sure up the secondary. He's more of a nickel guy. But if you really want to go corner, like at 16, not a bad option with Ringo, Smith, Wizards, Witherspoon, Gonzalez. Like this is one of the deeper classes for corner in those first two rounds so i think it separates like there's a lot there there's it is a deeper class you're right but there's like tiers to it i think Uh, those first six guys are all first rounders and then you probably have um i just i don't think all them are you don't think porter jr gonzalez ringo smith and witherspoon are first round ringos i don't think ringos and i don't think can smith are going to be your first rounders I think, you think they they'll fall to early second. Yes, I think Christian Gonzalez is one of the first ones off the board. I think Witherspoon is one of the first ones off the board. Joey Porter goes somewhere in the teens. And yeah. who am I missing? Is there somebody else I'm missing? Porter Jr. No, I said him. He goes no, those the- were the five. Those were the five. All right, so I apologize. So them three are most likely going to go first round. And then if if Keeley or um, Cam Smith do go, it'll be Closer to the back end of the first, I would say. Yeah, right now most mocks have us taking Gonzalez at sixteen, which I don't mind. I like that. If Gonzalez falls to you at sixteen, you better jump for joy. I don't see him getting past Detroit Lions at six. Really? Yeah. A lot of them say a lot of mocks I've seen have us falling to him. If not, and then maybe second round, we're a very surefire tight end squad. I like Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. You really want a tight end that early for that reason? Um, but second or third round pick? I mean, third round, sure. But I think you have other needs. Well, I think we got to go lineman and corner. Those yeah, like I would say ones. corner and then I would have said guard. Yeah. I think well, that's they said your... guard would be Torrance. And then. I don't think Torrance is going to fall to the second round, though. I think Torrance. No, is Torrance be... will either take it 16, I think. If Oh, and then you're taking a cornerback in the second then. Yeah. That's what I like. I don't mind that stuff. Okay. Other than that, we our D line we're fine because we just got made the move on pain. It'll be interesting if we pick up. The next thing is, will we pick up Young's option? I think you have to, even though he hasn't played. But I mean, one rookie of the year was pure dominant in the yeah. league. And then what tours ACL in the second year, right? Missed it yeah, all. And then, and then last this year, still got a little hurt too again. So okay. hasn't so played much. I feel like based off of your how raw he is, you have to pick it up. I mean, it's almost worth it to do that. Like you don't want to fall into like a Falcon situation where they didn't pick up Kelly uh McGarry. We, we, I would I want him. Who? Caleb um, McGarry? Yeah, McGarry. He just got paid though. Um who paid him? Falcons did. Falcons kept him, but they paid him five years, 100, 102. Damn it. Yeah, he got paid. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I don't think you want to run into that situation where he like has a blowout year and then you should have to pay him damn near 20, 25 yeah. million, you know? I think that's the best way to go. All right. I like it. I like it. I think that's pretty much it for the commanders for the most part. All what right. you got? What you got for them, Bird? Bird gang. The Philadelphia Eagles coming off the heartbreak loss in Super Bowl fifty-seven. They have two picks. Okay. Um, as some of you may not remember, they uh, picked up the Saints' first-round pick in uh, last year's trade with the Saints. So that's the tenth overall pick, and then they have the thirtieth overall pick, roughly uh, seven, eight million dollars in cap right now. Uh, Darius Slay wants out um, unless he gets a contract figured out. They lost a couple of players already in free agency. Javon Hargrave, big T defensive tackle, got paid by San Fran today. Was they shocked lost. by that move. And then uh, uh, I believe it's Michael Epps. If not, it's Epps. I know it's his last name. He played. He was a safety role, played 20 games for them over the last two years. Um, really, really good safety. Uh, he just went to the Raiders, so they lose out on that too. The uh, consensus right now is that they're trying to bring back uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson right now, which I think is a must for them. Have to. That safety role. I think bringing him back and getting that is good for them. They also got good news today. Jason Kelsey is coming back to fill in the center role. Um, the man is 35, 36 years old and still playing at a high caliber level, so good for him. Um, they don't have to fill that role in anymore. They also, um, Sayamalo, Isaac Sayamalo, their guard, um, really good, underrated guard, is going to be leaving for, in free agency to go to somewhere. Eagles probably will not be resigning him. So what they'll do is, is they'll move Cam Jurgens over to right guard to fill that role, and now that Kelsey's coming back. So their offensive line is still pretty pretty stacked across the board. Um, I know initially I kind of talked about, like, ah, they might need to take an offensive lineman if Sayamalo gone and Kelsey's gone. Um, but it looks like they don't need to really fill that role now. So... That's good. The other big thing, I think you have to look into extending Hurts. Like, you have to look into it doing it this summer. Like, get the deal done. Make sure, like, he isn't all questionable next year. Like, you know, like, you're, yeah. oh, maybe this, that, and the other thing. Like, just get the deal done. If you trust him, um, you know, he was damn near close to the MVP. You know, led you to a Super Bowl. I think you just got to pay the man and, and you just move along. You know, you got your quarterback for the future. The, the big needs that they need is they do the – Defensive line help losing uh, Hargraves. Uh, they also need a cornerback, too. Bradbury's also going to be walking out the door, too. Won't have enough to pay him, so they'll definitely need a cornerback, too. They need a safety help with Epps gone. And, uh, you know, pending what uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson does, we'll have to see what goes on with that. And then running back. Miles Sanders has also walked as well. So right now all they have is Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott, the New York Giants killer. So... We'll uh we'll have to see what they do. So, like I said, they had the 10th overall pick. They got the 30th pick. If I were them, 10th overall pick, I'm seeing what cornerback is kind of there first, right? If a Witherspoon's still there or Christian Gonzalez is still there, you're taking it. If a Jalen Carter falls that far, you're taking the risk and you're taking him. If, yeah. If uh if you want to trade back a couple spots, trade back a couple spots, and you want to look at the safety position, Brian Branch out of Alabama would be a great, great, great fit for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles there as well. I mean, I don't want to shock the world here, but B.J. Robinson's also there at 10. Oh, my gosh. on him. Wow. wow. I, I, be, I would. That would be an electric offense. Elite. Um, Elite. But I think if I was, if I was playing it smart, if I'm Howie, I'm taking cornerback first. I think just to solidify the cornerback two role. And then uh, if B. John's there, though, at 30, or if not, early 20s, I would consider trading wow. up at that. And uh, go I get like B. That. John, get the running back, the rookie running back, let him let him ride behind his offense. And with him and Jalen Hurts, I mean, it would be incredible to watch. And then uh, figure out, you know, what you can do on the D-line, like just try to add depth to the pieces. I mean, they do have pieces though like Jordan Davis they just got um they'll probably sign Fletcher Cox back to like a low-key deal or something of that nature find a couple edge rushers here and there like they'll be okay and they also they have a son Reddick they drafted la or not drafted they uh picked up last year too so really good pickups but 
I think they'll be still in good shape for a great playoff run and a deep playoff run next year in the NFC. I like it. I like that Bijan take big time. I think that's the way. I think that's a move for them to go do. I don't think, yeah. I think the biggest thing would be to sell, would be that Bijan will have to understand like how the Miles Sander rule kind of worked. That it's got, he's not going to, he'll get the majority of the carries, but he ain't going to get all the carries and the touches because of Gainwell and Scott on the back end. Correct. I like that though a lot. I really like that move. But then again, you have I feel like I agree. Pay hurts now, get it out of the way before the real chaos ensues now. I think you can still maybe reel him in at the Danny Dimes number of 40 if you pay him now because he's only had the one year, right? Of I think like, it's more than 40. Well, I mean, I mean, you would, but like I don't think if you hold out another year, he's gonna be in that 50 range. I think it's he's gonna get paid in probably around forty six million. I would say. You think so? Yeah, I think that's where he comes at. It just makes sense, right? Yeah. Off of yeah, because if Danny Dimes gets forty off for just one half decent year, one great year where you're arguably the MVP. Correct. Correct. Yeah, forty five, forty five, forty six. All right, all right. Yeah, now I see that. I think the biggest thing, like, is what you laid out is. Can the Eagles kind of lock up their secondary? Because now they're going to have some big secondary issues. Now oh, yeah. with, because that's if especially if Gardner Johnson walks, like they're going to have nothing well, yeah. on the back end. And now nothing. you got Gardner Johnson walking. You got Bradbury out the door, and now Slay wants a new contract. And if not, he he wants out. Like you have yeah. nobody in the secondary. You have right nobody. Yeah, no, that's a big move. But that makes sense. I like those moves. I think that's a smart smart way to go about it. Correct. All right, let's jump to one of the teams that has kind of been reeling in the headlines, and that's the Chicago Bears. Had a very good free agency Monday, but let's talk about how they got a nice little haul from the Carolina Panthers. Bears <laughs> traded that number one pick. For the number nine, a second round in 2023, their first round for 2024, and a second rounder in 2025. And to tie it all together, a number one wide receiver in DJ Moore. The Panthers get the number one pick. This feels like more of a Carolina desperation that they need to do a full rebuild and go get a quarterback with the new head coach and Frank Wright. Thoughts, winner, loser. How this how they unfold. Like it, hate it. Uh, you go first on this. I love I, it from a Chicago Bears perspective. Okay. If okay. I'm Carolina, I'm like, what are you doing? Okay. Because arguably, you're at nine. You probably still get one of those four quarterbacks at nine. One of those top four guys. With Chicago? Stroud, Young, Richardson, or Levis. Wait, what do you mean? I'm sorry. I think if you stay at nine, Carolina still gets one of those four quarterbacks. Oh, no, I disagree. Somebody's going to trade up before that. You think those four quarterbacks are gone before nine? Yeah. Okay. But I think they still – I think I think Levis's stock has dropped enough where he might fall to nine. Okay. Okay. But I think Richardson's now escalated. He's now in that Trey Lance trajectory of just – skyrocketing sure. up boards i agree yeah um i but i think levis becomes that one that kind of is the odd man out behind stroud and this more tells me that the panthers want bryce young or cj stroud from what i'm hearing it looks like they're leaning cj stroud at number one cool. over bryce young um but um you stay at nine you probably keep donald like that NFC South is not that great. You can go win the division with Donald at quarterback and you keep DJ Moore. You maybe get another piece there at nine. Uh, I don't know, man. Or even if you want to go quarterback, Levis probably falls. Like, I feel like this is just was more of a desperation from Carolina that they needed to make a splash because of how this whole thing has unfolded these last couple of years for them. I don't know. That's my take on it. If you're Chicago, my, my man, Chicago, 
I kind of said this off the air. You were looking at me funny-eyed and googly-eyed. Like that, you know, Chicago's made enough moves these last day or these last couple days. That like you're in that ballpark for the NFC North, not this year, but next year. You're one more offseason away. I think you are. You have D, you have three very good now young wide receivers with Claypool, DJ Moore, and Darnell Mooney. Like that's not bad. You get pieces now for Justin Fields. You now have to address offensive line. They've kind of done that today, this Monday, made some moves on the offensive line. The defense has never been really the true issue, except they can't freaking block. And Justin Fields probably holds the ball too long. But you have Herbert. They bring back Montgomery. Is he still under contract? He's walking, right? He's a free agent. Yeah, he's walking. But you still have Herbert under contract. Like, that's a young offensive four right there that – they're going to, with Komet too, at tight end, like, they're going to be a little flashy this year. I really do. They're going to make some noise offensively. Sure. I think they're still a year away because of Carolina, I mean, not Carolina, Minnesota and Detroit. But from a Carolina perspective, I don't like it one bit. This was more of a, we need to make some noise going into this draft. Okay. The floor is yours. Um, Before I give my answer, I still think the bears won this trade not by as much as you're not not as really you You think it's close but i think the bears still won this trade and i when i saw the trade initially come through i look at what they got and go i feel like they could have gotten more that's exactly my first response was you have the first overall pick you have probably one of the better quarterback class that we've had in the last two years, one year. Um, last year's quarterback class wasn't that great. And then we had, what, Burrow? And was that the Burrow Lawrence? No, that was Lawrence. Lawrence? Okay. Um, I, I just feel like you at least have household names coming out of, of the draft this year. And Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, at least just them two, right? Those are household names. People know them. Right, Anthony yeah. Richardson now has just worked his way up just because he's a freak athlete, okay? But I just feel like if you're going to trade something away of that nature, like, you should be getting a lot of picks. Like, you shouldn't just be getting... How many picks were, is in your head? I right was now? kind of expecting uh, one first round this year and then two additional ones at least. That's what I was right. fully expecting. However, the other issue for me is this with Chicago. I don't know why they traded back to nine because... You now are missing out on that blue chip player outside of the quarterback realm, in my opinion. Here, you are now missing out on the Will Anderson. You are now missing out on the Jalen Carter, and you're—I mean, I think Christian Gonzalez is a really, really, really good cornerback. I don't know if he's blue chip, but I think he's really good. Like you're probably going to miss out on Christian Gonzalez now. So okay. unless you trade up, like right, so you're moving back to nine. I just think you're missing out on guys that like could have been generational other than the quarterback position now because you've traded back to nine now, in my opinion. That was more the reasoning why. Um, I, I think, like I said, like I still think they did really well. Like They're getting the ninth overall pick. They might damn well with the first round pick from Carolina next year. That could be a top three pick because Carolina is still going to be bad even if they take a quarterback. Um, so with that being said, like they're, they might still have a top three pick the following year. They got another second round to um, compensate for what they lost with the Chase Claypool uh, trade. They'll also get one in 2025. I just thought they should have got another first. And I guess that's like where the DJ Moore aspect comes into play is like, oh, because like DJ Moore in a second rounder would have just been a first rounder. I guess so. Yes, I guess you're right. Um, And don't get me wrong. Like, I like DJ Moore. Like, I just don't see him as like that true wide receiver number one. He is a wide receiver number one, but like, I feel not like in I, that top that top tier. Yeah, like conversation. Like, I, like DJ Moore to me isn't a top fifteen wide receiver in the league. Like okay. he's not top fifteen to me. Like there's fifteen better wide receivers in my opinion than DJ Moore. So that being said, that's why like it just didn't give it to me. Like that Carolina still had some weight in this trade. They're getting the first overall pick. 
They're getting their choice at their quarterback of the future. Um, you kind of said it best. Like they've been in this quarterback carousel for like what two years, three years now. Like I just feel like they just want something like steady they can rely on and move on with. Yeah. Uh, in the future, whether it's bad or good in this case, like at least it kind of only really hinders you for another year at that at that aspect, right? Right. Like by the time twenty twenty five comes around, they'll have their first round pick again at this point now. So. I think it's a good move for Carolina because they're getting their quarterback they want. Did they overpay? I mean, you're, you're going to have to overpay to get the first overall pick. But right. in Chicago's case, like, did they win the trade? Yes. Did I think they should have got more? Yes. But, like, I also think they kind of, like, got the loss side because they're in the ninth overall pick now. They have to trade up to get certain players if they want them now. Sure. All right. I see your argument because – but I think – I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears trade down and now again from nine. Okay. Because I feel like they have so many other needs now, especially now that they can focus on offensive line heavily. I don't think I don't think those those top three guys are really in that 10 range. I think they're more 12 or 13. To 12 or 13 to 17, Are you 18. Back to picks. I mean, well, I don't know. hey, if you get another pick, why not? For one yeah, more but, pick. I, uh, but then you or you look, and then you go D lineman here for the Chicago. I mean, we have we'll go over Chicago another week, but like I think they just need picks, picks, and more picks. Like you just said, D line. You could have you could have just traded back the You're four. right. But who do you think those t- it didn't really seem like any of those teams up there at four really wanted to move up. It didn't seem like Indy really made that move, that push right. for it. We, we don't know. Like, I, we won't know, right? But, like, if I told you this, like, okay, you got DJ Moore, so I guess that's, like, the kicker here with with the uh, Panthers deal. But, like, take DJ Moore out of the question, and I give you the fourth overall pick, a second round, a first round. Would you take that? Probably. Or would you take the Carolina Panthers one? Probably, but the Bears really wanted a wide receiver. That's why Vegas fell out of the conversation. So so wide receiver one is... Well, because they wouldn't give up Devontae. Other than that, there was oh. no other... That was why Vegas fell off the board. Okay. So like the That's wide what they were saying the wide receiver was... The wide receiver was a deal breaker for Chicago. They wanted they, a deal... I, I... That was what I've read. That's what I'm, and I've heard from multiple uh, people is that they wanted a legit receiver. I think they should have just drafted one at that point. There's a lot of good wide receivers coming out this year. It's fair. And, and you could have drafted a wide receiver one at that point. And now you're paying DJ Moore 20 plus million dollars already. He's already got the right. contract he has. And what's he, 26, I think he is. So, like, he's still young. Don't get me wrong, but like, I just, I don't know. I, it didn't like uh, get me all warm and fuzzy inside with this trade. I thought they could have gotten more. That's my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. That's a fair. I think you, we both have made fair arguments. All right. Let's jump. Let's jump ship to arguably the best sporting event that is in sports, in my opinion. That is your one shining moment. <laughs> <laughs> March Madness, baby. Selection Sunday took place yesterday. The top four seeds in this year's tournament are the Houston Cougars, the Kansas Jayhawks, the Alabama Crimson Tide, and the Purdue Purdue Boiler Makers. I think this is going to be one of – I know we're going to kind of talk about this little debate that we've got. Do we want to do the debate first or do we want to do our final four? Because I feel like it kind of feeds into a final four if we if you pose your question. Whichever one you want. All right, pose your question first. Cause I think this is actually a very interesting take. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I gotta pull it up to be uh to be exact here. Um all right. So the question I have is this do you feel college basketball has lost its magic? This March Madness in college basketball season has not had the hype like previous years. Um, and then my secondary question to that is, is this because of the one and done and new NBA deals now? 
What do you think? If I'm being completely honest, from a guy that loves college basketball and loves March Madness, I could tell you right now that I didn't really watch college basketball until probably this past week because it was championship tournament. Probably actually last two weeks because they've been conference tournaments. Sure. And I sure. feel like college basketball has now fallen into a little bit of an effect that it doesn't really become relevant till February. It's kind of fallen into something that maybe not like lost its magic per se. Cause like these last couple of years outside after really Zion and Jaws draft class, there really hasn't been that much noise. There hasn't been that true player that has kind of kept college basketball, like in the limelight. You know what I mean? At the top of news headlines, sports headlines, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's lost its magic, but not because of maybe not because of the one and done or the new NBA. I feel like a lot more play, not as many players have really gone to go play in the G League or overseas that I thought was going to happen. I thought it would have been a lot higher of a number. Personally. I agree, but like a lot of the top talent though is still doing that G League. Realm. Yeah, there's a good probably half of those top 15 players usually that Correct. have now made that move. Correct. But I th I think if you're thinking about it, that the G League Ignite team move is probably the better way to go. I think. I mean, personally, I would have them going to play overseas and act for a year instead than the. G I think that's more relevant than the G League. If you're going to give me the option out of the three, I would say overseas basketball for a year. Then it would probably organize it to G League and then NCAA. That'd be my option if you were going to prioritize the three. Well, okay. Because of how basketball has transitioned. And I feel like for college basketball, they're, they've kind of fallen. I don't know how to say this right, but they've fallen out of the limelight. Okay. I don't know how to properly articulate that, but I, I feel mean, like I, I think it's a fair question that out there is you haven't had that superstar these last couple of years coming out of college. Yes, and the reason why I pose this question is: is this like I used to be a like fanatic for college basketball? Yeah, and, likewise. And I don't know if it was because of um. You know, the aspect of, well, the Sixers were going through the process, so I wanted to watch as much college basketball as possible for guys that we might draft. Or, you know, like we've had a really good success in the Philadelphia sort of area with Villanova, like being a really, really good team and making multiple national championship games and um, and they're not really that good this year, so, like, there's no really buzz around them. Like, I was just trying to get, like, ideas of, like, why I'm not as interested this year, and I think it's really been coming down to the fact of, like, well, the NBA has changed the league rule where, like, people can go to the G League now earlier. Yeah. Um, Like you said, like, overseas as well. But, like, I turn it to the fact of this is, like, you don't have – I guess you did say it, like, the one-and-done players, like – still have some notice, but they have to get noticed in high school and there has to be hoop mixtapes out like more consistently for you to get. I think that recruitment process is definitely diminished. I agree. Um, But like you don't have the, the four year. Well, you do have some of the four year guys. I just found out drew Timmy still playing for Gonzaga and I was shocked, <laughs> bro. He's like right there with Perry Ellis for me. Like them guys do not leave college, but um, you know, like I, like there was a game, I think it was a lot of those blue bloods have struggled this year too. Yeah. Um, Duke's a middle of the pack team. Well, they got, they've gotten hot this past couple weeks. Carolina misses the tournament. No, I want to talk about the tournament. I want to talk about that game. Like Duke and UNC used to be the matchup of all matchups in college basketball. You heard Still about is. Yes. But you heard about this game for weeks upcoming. It was all over ESPN it was all over this network, that network. You almost like, it was like, all right, hey, whatever we're doing that day, we're not doing anything that day anymore. Right. On the couch, I'm watching Duke versus UNC. I, I think I was like, I forget where I was. And like, I went on my phone to check some stuff for like NBA. 
And it was like, I saw a Duke UNC score. I was like, oh, they're playing. Like, it was just like another, like, oh, just another game, right? But it's just, I feel like college basketball has lost that, like, player recognition, right? Like, you remember back in early 2000s, or excuse me, mid-2000s, late 2000s, Tyler Hansborough was, like, the guy of all guys with UNC, yeah. right? And then you had the Kentucky team with John Wall that just made it seem fun. You had the Florida Gators team with Joakim Noah out there playing. Corey Brewer was out there balling. Like, you knew them guys coming in, right? And then yeah. even just as more recently with, uh, with Zion and uh, Ja, right? Like, they became, like, that's where we really enjoyed it. We knew about Zion coming in. It was incredible stuff. But like you said, the last couple of years, I just, like, haven't had the spark to watch college basketball. And I just, it just hasn't been there for me. And like you said, like you, you've only watched now the last week or two because it's like, all right, Hey, it's kind of like getting the playoff atmosphere kind of thing. And it's just like, I remember I used to sit down like regular season, even like I sit down and watch an LSU versus Auburn game. Like, I don't even know, but I would sit down and watch it. Cause it was yeah. really stuff to watch. It's just not the same feel this year. It's like not the same feel that I've had over the last couple of years now. And to add on to your point, I think now with the names in college basketball coaching now leaving too, like this is probably the Coach K, his farewell. It felt like an ending of college basketball, it felt like, right? A little bit, to a degree, to following that. Roy Williams was that year before, the Carolina coach. This year, Bayheim's now out. Jay Wright was out last year. So, like, those are, like, the four names that you associate with college basketball now leaving. So now you can think that this is, might even decline even more, right? If I – if there was a – give me a name of a college basketball coach that has any weight right now that is left. I mean, there were, there's three right off the bat I can name. And hey, give like, me the three. Who's got the John weight? John Calipari still has weight to his name. Yeah. Bill Self has weight to his name. Those are the two that are in my head. Who's the third? And Mr. Tom Izzo. Okay. Those are your three right off the bat. I can tell you right now how that. Okay. Izzo, I think he's done in a couple of years, personally. Bill Self will be done soon as well. I think Bill Self's done in a couple of years. I think the only one left will be Calipari. And I, I, I think he'll hang it up earlier than kind of expect it, personally. So it I think we're slowly seeing the decline. I think we really are. So like it, you know, then, then you got to pose the question is this is like, how does college basketball return to what it was 10, 15 years ago? And I, I, I don't have an answer. You got to convince the NBA to allow their, to up the age. But that will never happen. The one and done rule, I think will stay for a long time. Yep. I, I just like, it's really sad because or you just need you need a trans mat i don't know how to say it what's the word a phenom to come through college basketball you need a couple of phenoms in the same class and, and you might get like that. the real the real name that we're thinking in this nba class plays overseas in victor Wembiana. i don't Correct. know i totally botched his last name but you know what i'm, what I'm saying no you're right and like the best player in college basketball right now is probably going to get selected maybe number four, number five. Yeah, you can make the argument that the top three guys are not going to be college basketball. Exactly. Players. I've never I've never heard of that ever in my life. It's a change never. of the game. It's just like, it's just shocking, man. Like, it's unbelievable stuff to hear, you know, even like when we were in college five years ago, you know, you had Ben Simmons coming out, right? Lonzo Ball was coming out. You had D'Angelo Russell, Jaleel Okafor, uh, Joel came out. Um, and you would think the whole marketing practice now of being able to promote yourself would help the game, but it hasn't yet with having your own name, image, and likeness. It hasn't helped. Yeah, which is kind of counterintuitive to the whole point of NC of them going this route. But the one and done's just been kind of brutal. Also, like, you know, like some of those guys I already named, like they, they were only there like a year. Yeah, just like tough because like 
you get used to guys at certain colleges if they stay there longer than they're you know supposed to be. You know, you had, you know, like you had teams that was kind of more of like a dynasty at that point, not a you know one and done run and then they're done, they're out the way, sure. right? Um, you know, like that's why these UNC teams, these Duke teams, these uh, you know UCLA teams were so good for so long because they they held their group together for so long. I mean Syracuse as well. Yeah, Kentucky was like kind of one of the first ones to start the one and done kind of deal, but uh, yeah, no, it's crazy. I don't know, man. All right, who you got for your final four? Let's jump. Let's jump now after having that deep conversation. Yeah, final, final four. Or do you want to do an eight seed? Actually, let's do. Let's go to the verse reduction. Give me an upper, uh, an eight seater higher that could make some noise before we give our final four. Virginia Commonwealth University Rams, baby. 12 seed. They're sitting there. They are like I love them. They're I got them beating St. Mary's easily. They're like the typical like Cinderella team, you know. They're just uh they're hard ball players, right? Like really good defense. They uh they don't really turn over the ball too much, but they get a lot of turnovers on the defense side. They put pressure on the ball as soon as the ball crosses half court. VCU, I, I, I just kind of expect them to make a little bit of a run. Like you said, St. Mary's, I think the run's there. I think if they can move to the second weekend, it would be incredible stuff. Um, but, yeah, I like VCU as well. They, Like I said, they just put pressure on the ball, and that's just ways you can win in the March Madness. I like that one. I like that one a lot. I actually had – all right, who else? All right, I'm actually going to go out on a ball after we had our blue blood debate. I've got Oral Roberts taking Duke out this uh, weekend. Because they have two of the best scorers in the country. People are all over Duke now because they've had a, a great week of basketball in that ACC tournament. Mm-hmm. Max Aismith already has done this before leading Oral Roberts to the Sweet 16. So been there, done that mentality with some of these, with this older squad. They're probably a little bit higher of a seed than I would have anticipated. Um, but don't be surprised if I've got them beaten Duke. And then another one is the 13 seed Louisiana Raging Cajuns over the Tennessee Volunteers. I've got why? Because of Tennessee's point guard is out. There's a lot of injuries that are going to play a huge role in this tournament. Again, on the other side, don't be surprised if Auburn makes the Sweet 16. I have them getting past Iowa. And then Houston, it's all dependent if Marcus Sasser is able to play. Hurt his groin in the semifinal. Like, you don't know what you're going to get now. He sat out of the final, and they got murdered by the Memphis Tigers in that championship game. So there's three teams to actually watch. I've got some, but that's what I've got so far, just with some teams that may make some noise. All right. Like it. All right, let's – Uh, you want to do, like, by region we'll do? So we'll start out yeah. with the South. Who you got coming out of the South? I got Alabama. Yeah. I think Alabama's got the best bracket set up for them based off of what's there. They've got the best, arguably the best player in college basketball on Brandon Miller, even with his whole off the court situation, he's been cleared to play on the court and he has just been balling out playing like a man on a mission. Javon Quinterly transferred from Villanova. Huge maestro in the backcourt for them. I I think this is this is a great Alabama team. I really like them a lot. I've got them coming out of the West, the South. Yeah. Excuse me. I agree right right there with you. They're the number one team in terms for a reason. You know they got one of the best players on the floor, in uh, Brandon Miller as well. You know points per game, they're averaging almost eighty three points a game, and they're you know holding opponents under sixty nine. Uh, yeah. I think they're just a really really good basketball team, and I think that's the reason why they're number one. I think a, a team to keep an eye on, though, that could, like, I mean, if they get to, <laughs> if they get to the Elite Eight, would be Creighton. Keep an eye on Creighton, man. They were, uh, they were top 10 team ranked coming into the, uh, coming into the year. And they've went yeah. some ups and downs a little bit here, went through a couple rough patches, a couple stretches, but they're a team to keep an eye on, too, as well. I, I do like Creighton, but Alabama they can score that rock, man. Yeah. Alabama is the team to come out. So, all right. All right. You got you go first next. Let's do the let's see who does Alabama play in the final four out of the east. So it would be out of the east. Um 
I'm going to go. I did like Tennessee at first. I'm going to be honest, which I did. And then I uh, recently found out about the injury of the point guard. And uh, so I, I switched. The last switch uh, was is to Marquette. You know, just good fault team. They, uh, you know, they work the tempo. You know, they, they're able to score, um, but they're also able to slow it down as well. So they don't, you know, they kind of limit on the, uh, you know, the fast pace of the other side as well. And, you know, they're playing in the Big East, so it's a, it's always a good matchups there too for them. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go with Marquette coming out of there on the East, so it's going to be uh, Marquette versus Alabama. Uh, we're two for two. I also have the Marquette Golden Eagles. Jeez. This team is just trending in the right direction. Huge caveat here is that the East region is out of the garden, and they just won the Big East tournament out of MSG. Um, and I don't – I think this is probably – I think the East is uh, – arguably one of the more open brackets with Purdue. I think Purdue is the weakest one out of the four. Um, then you have Duke, Tennessee, Kentucky, a lot of blue bloods in this bracket. But I think Marquette gets it done um, and moves on to the final four as well. I actually think Purdue gets upset in the second round. Who By who, Memphis or FAU? Memphis. Are, the people are high on these Memphis Tigers. They've got a guard that can score the rock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Where are we going next? You pick the next one. All right, let's go Midwest. We'll go to Midwest. Let's see what we're rocking with there. All right, this is the one pick that I am probably the least confident about. Oh boy. I've got the Xavier Musketeers coming out of the Midwest as the three seed. Okay. Why? I've got Texas losing in the second round. They're going to get AM and AM is going to beat them in a rivalry game. I've got AM in my Sweet 16. Texas AM is the most underseeded team in this bracket. They are not a seven seed. Like, or I would have them up two lines. I think they're at least a five. Like, just you're the second best team in the SEC. You make it to the conference championship. You lose to Alabama. Like, no issues with that. But team is in deep on the interior. A rivalry game between Texas will spark something in them. I've got Xavier coming out. Plus, I don't think I don't believe in the Houston Cougars because of Marcus Sasser's injury. I really don't. I think that injury is going to loom larger than people realize. I don't have them making it even to the Elite Eight. So, okay. All so right. Who you got out of the Midwest? Rocking one, baby. Texas Longhorn, baby. Texas Longhorn. The Elite uh, all right. Elite. Led by senior guard Marcus Carr, uh, top team in one of the adjusted defenses as well. I think they steamroll this. I don't even think, by the way, go back to your AM take. AM losing the first round to the alma mater, Penn State Nittany Lions, there for sure. That's what's going to happen there. Um, so yeah, I, I like Texas, man. They're a good little team. Um, they're able to, you know, they're able to work the ball around. And, uh, but this, this, a bracket's going to be real interesting, right? You got Houston. You know, Houston's been a dog team all year. Uh, but, like, 8-9 seed Iowa-Auburn there is going to be a good matchup. Drake could upset Miami here. Uh, Kent yeah. State, a lot of people are on them versus Indiana. I like the Golden Flashes a lot, too. So, a lot of good teams, a lot of good matchups. So, uh, I would definitely stay tuned in that bracket. Could be a lot of upsets. All right, what do we got? West. All right, we got the West left. Who you got coming out of the West? Last and not least, I'm gonna stay out West. Going with the UCLA Bruins here. The uh the Bruins five losses on the season. A lot of players are returning from this uh, previous championship team run. Um, they're holding teams under sixty points per game right now, and uh, you know scoring seventy four. They had a cr- incredible conference run. Um, eighteen and two. I I just I like this UCLA team, man. I think they're good. They're a good team, and they're uh they're playing out west, which is what's their home you know home turf out there. So I, I have UCLA too. You really? <laughs> <laughs> I promise people we did not talk about. We did this. not talk about this, but I think honestly, them losing their conference championship in the way they did, lose to Arizona, lose at the buzzer because you're. Had an opportunity to win the game in regulation. Your point guard misses the free throw to tie it up. Then they get a three to potentially win the game. Miss that. 
I think this team's going to play with an, with an extra edge in this tournament. And they also had a player that was potentially out. They said maybe he's able to come back maybe in a week or two. That's a big win for the Bruins. Okay. Um. All right. Who's cutting? Uh. Who's cutting down the nets? Oh, what do I have here? Um. I've got UCLA cutting down the nets. The Bruins get it done. Got them cutting down the nets. All right. I have the Texas Longhorns cutting down the nets. All right. All right. Hook them, baby. Hook them. Yeah, I got the Longhorns there, baby. I think it's gonna be the Longhorns versus uh the Alabama Crimson Tide. I've got UCLA over Alabama. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, it should be uh should be interesting. Definitely tune in. I think it starts Tuesday. Tomorrow's a couple of the playing games, and then uh Thursday's the uh the real deal. Um and we got a busy weekend. We got that coming. St. Patrick's Day is on Friday. Oh good I can't I'm not even gonna be able to celebrate because I'm gonna go to the Utah women hosting the first two rounds going to be going to be at Huntsman going to go watch some ball ah, on Friday nice. night. Very nice. That'll be good time. Watch the Utes. That'll be good stuff there. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, sorry about everybody. We didn't get to uh, any golf talk um, for the golf. Scotty, Scotty ran through the field. So let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scotty played really well. Um, and the Masters is about like three, three weeks away. So don't Definitely. worry, we'll have a whole Masters episode, so. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So, yeah, same thing next week. We'll probably talk a lot about a lot of the free agency pickups. We'll uh, do another GM chair as well. We'll probably stay in the NFC. If I had to guess, I'm going to hopefully say Rodgers makes a decision by next week. So the NFC North maybe. He just needs uh, to retire, bro. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe that'll be the decision next week is the NFC North. We'll talk about the free agency pickups. Maybe get a little bit of discussion about what we thought about the March Madness bracket. Um, NBA playoffs is right around the corner as well. We're getting oh, tight. We only so got about sports. We only got Yeah, we only got another about 17 games left-ish. Um, yeah. Coming down to the wire here. Coming down to the wire. So make sure you always stay tuned. Make sure you like. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you check us out on all platforms because that's what we do. Blaine got a new computer, so he's able to edit videos a lot. Yo, that like came out really good this week. Did you see? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it looked really good. So, uh, yeah, always it's always appreciated. So, yeah, make sure you stay tuned in for next week, and we'll uh, we'll be right back at it. So that's for sure. So as always, ladies and gentlemen, good morning. Good afternoon. And a good night.